Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today, uh, unfortunately, I guess, uh, once again, we have to talk about something after a man made a comment. Um, so we're talking about intimacy coordinators, what they do, why they're important. And this is something we've wanted to do for a while. Right. So, you know, this, the circumstances might not be great, but we have wanted to talk about this for a while. We tried to get an intimacy coordinator on the show. It hasn't worked out yet. But if anyone is in the business or has any connections, you know where to find us. Yes. Mm-hmm, because we would love to do a revisit with an interview. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. But in early August of 2022, I guess, because who knows when you're listening to this, actor Sean Bean made the comment that intimacy coordinators, quote, spoil the spontaneity, and that sex scenes had so much better, quote, flow before intimacy coordinators got involved, and so many women, and and everyone else also, but a lot of women, uh, raised their hands and were like, hi, actually, they're really important, and here's why. Uh, and we have a lot of quotes from them that we're going to include towards the end. Before we do that, we're going to get into some basics. But also before we do that, you can see our episode we did with Bridget on Evan Rachel Wood and Brian Warner, also known as Marilyn Manson, and her allegation that he sexually assaulted her in a music video, which is related to what we're going to be talking about. Um, and also content warning, brief discussion of sexual assault and rape. We're not going to get into any details, but brief discussion. And rants. <laughs> so... Let's get into some of the basics. Intimacy coordinators, also known as intimacy directors, are, from my understanding, a relatively new thing. Essentially, they are professionals who choreograph and guide intimate scenes 
in our entertainment. They make sure these vulnerable scenes are safe and that those involved know what to expect and that they feel supported. The demand for intimacy coordinators, or ICs, um, rose post-Me Too in order to make sure sets were safe. Uh, The first film or TV production to announce the use of an intimacy coordinator was The Deuce during their second season in 2018. Though, um, of note, they have been used in live theater for decades. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, in 2020, SAG-AFTRA released the first standard and protocols for intimacy coordinators, and soon after, they released an accreditation system for intimacy coordinators and a registry for qualified ICs. Um, and here's some quotes from those standards and practices. Quote, nudity and simulated sex often have an important role in telling of a story, whether in the film, television, or interactive world. Although performances in these scenes convey strong feelings and powerful emotions to an audience which can be integral to a storyline, SAG-AFTRA also recognizes the unique vulnerability that arises from performers when performing hyper-exposed work. Yes, and they define intimacy coordinators as, quote, an advocate, a liaison between actors and production, and a movement coach and or choreographer in regards to nudity and simulated sex and other intimate and hyper-exposed scenes. And that they, quote, ensure that performers and other production personnel adhere to proper safety protocols, serves as a resource in realizing a director's vision, assumes the role of movement choreographer if requested by the director to enhance believability, strives to build an environment in which actors understand what is expected of them in hyper-exposed scenes and to give their informed and continued consent. And further, SAG-AFTRA also suggests that intimacy coordinators should be used for any scene involving simulated sex or other intimate or hyper-exposed scenes. Um, And here are the key qualities they outline for qualified intimacy coordinators. Consent training, anti-harassment, anti-sexual harassment training, movement coaching and masking techniques, proper use of modesty garments and barriers, meditation or conflict resolution training, gender identity and sexual orientation training, anti-racist EDI training, bystander intervention, mental health first aid, trauma stewardship or related training, must have a state and federal background check, experience and an ability to adapt and implement the roles, responsibilities, functions and protocols on a variety of sets. So... According to SAG-AFTRA, here's how an IC's responsibilities might break down. So, uh, ideally, they are included in meetings with the writer, director, producer, uh, all of the above, sometimes just one of the above, to go over the intimate scenes and key things like the degree of nudity, specifics of the simulated sex, of the nudity, and anything else that might be important. The IC then communicates those to the actors and then relays any concerns that they might have Back to production, they meet one-on-one with performers involved to discuss language used, uh, sex writers, that being something in your contract, like I won't do this, uh, something like that. ICs are also in charge of continually checking in on consent during the production. They deal with any disagreements or misunderstandings about how the scene should go. They also make sure that proper nudity garments, barriers, and prosthetics are provided. So that's pre-production. On set, the guidelines laid out by SAG-AFTRA are as follows. Quote, reviews nudity writers, scene content, modesty garments, and barriers with performers, directors, and assistant directors. Ensures the proper implementation of closed set protocols and SAG-AFTRA guidelines. Serves as a, a resource for directors and assistant directors as needed with any specialized movement or choreography to ensure consent and safety while enhancing believability and 
director vision. Ensures uh, continued consent throughout the filming of a scene, both consent to what their likeness is seen performing and how the action is achieved, while minimizing interference in production flow. Protects minors consistent with SAG-AFTRA guidelines. Yes, and then in post-production, ICs make themselves available for questions and to make sure that contractual obligations around these scenes are met. Um, And yes, as as mentioned, SAG-AFTRA does offer multiple accreditation programs for ICs. On top of that, um, I looked through the registry list and almost everyone on there is a woman. Um, But the list is also very, very short right now. Very short. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm Mm -hmm. very sure. Um, And from the words of someone in the business um, and is really leading the way, Ida O'Brien described an intimacy coordinator as, quote, a practitioner who brings a professional structure and skill to creating intimate content, just like a choreographer would bring their skill to a dance or a stunt coordinator would bring their skill to creating a fight. And she went on to say, I say... Your no is a gift. We invite your no. It's really important that we know your no, that we know your boundaries so that your yes can be trusted. Any clear structure gives freedom. Actually, having a clear boundary allows you to be free within that. I always say the work is like an iceberg where the body of the work is actually in all of that preparation, all of those conversations with the producer, director, and the actors. All of that connecting in, all of that sharing of the process, rehearsing so that everybody knows the choreography. It means that the day on set, everyone's relaxed, comfortable. They feel autonomous, empowered, respected. And then it means that everybody can bring their skill. The director's bringing their skill. The actor's bringing the best of their skill to the intimate content. And O'Brien, you can find a lot of really great interviews with her and um, her work. Uh, She worked on I Will Destroy You, among many other critically acclaimed projects. And when that show won Best Series at the BAFTAs, actor and director of the series, Michaela Cole, paid tribute to O'Brien's work on the show. And um, I do think I want to include this uh, summary from Esquire about the show because I think it'll show why it's very important mm-hmm. that they had an intimacy coordinator on it. So, quote, the show centers on Arabella, a gregarious young writer in London who must question her reality and rebuild her life after she is drugged and sexually assaulted. Inspired by Cole's own experience by suffering a sexual assault after her drink was spiked, I may destroy you threats a breathtaking needle in depicting the messy, non-binary nature of consent as well in showcasing sexual encounters not often seen on television, an assault involving two men, an assault involving the removal of a condom mid-intercourse, and period sex, just to name a few. O'Brien was instrumental in bringing these scenes to life, working closely with Cole and other performers to fully and safely realize what existed on the page. Right. And again, got to remind you, this was her personal experience, so it was re-traumatizing. Right. Could not imagine doing this performance and being like, just, just wing it. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just go with yeah, the flow? No. Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> um, so O'Brien has said, it is also important to prioritize self-care. It's important for me to book in the day of work by speaking with the actors about what they need to do to let go of where they've gone and come back to themselves. I don't want them keeping a residue of where they've been. I also check in with them a day or so later just to make sure that they're happy with the work and that we can address any concerns they may have. Yeah, and some intimacy coordinators have really sung the praises of the BDSM kink community, um, have taken classes within that community to learn how this could work, especially in terms of consent and negotiation, as we have talked about. Right. I mean, they are on point. Like They Mm -hmm. are an example to follow for sure, at least the ones we've talked to. (laughs) Yes, yes. 
So intimacy coordinators have gotten a lot of coverage with the popularity of Bridgerton, uh, coordinated by Elizabeth Talbot, and she widely discussed the intimacy writer that details what an actor is willing to do in in an intimate scene. Uh, We've briefly discussed this with Sex and the City, uh, and yeah, I think it's really interesting. Talbot said, quote, with the concept of consent that we work with, of course, if there's anything where at any point anyone's like, oh, you know, I don't want to do this, they never will. And it's also my job to step in front of any director or producer and be like, hey, you know, like they're not comfortable with this. And I've been really lucky to work with great directors and producers, so that's never happened. And I would think that, especially if bringing one on, mm-hmm. will probably already go ahead and make you realize they're more willing to listen and are right. aware of keeping actors safe, mm-hmm. which is the point. Yeah. So uh, Bridgerton actor Phoebe Dinover said she felt, quote, safe having an intimacy coordinator on set. She says it was so great because it felt safe because it felt safe and fun. You choreograph it like a stunt or a dance. And it's crazy to me that an intimacy coordinator hasn't been there in the past. I've done sex scenes before that I can't believe I did. It was only five or six years ago, but it would not be allowed now. And her saying that is really bothersome because she's a youngin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that a bit more, but especially young people, I think this is really, really important, who don't, maybe don't know how to say, no, I don't want to do this to a director on a big production. But it's also, like you said, a problem of not everyone has intimacy coordinators. um, And it already is a step to be taken. Did you see the uh, SNL uh, skit in which they have they're, I guess I don't know if they're meaning to make fun of the fact that there was an intimacy coordinator, but um, it was quite oh, interesting. Yeah. They have an intimacy coordinator on set, and then mm-hmm. they replace her with the two dudes being obviously not from there, like not mm-hmm. knowing what he, they're doing mm-hmm. and just so, throwing out ridiculous things. But it's very interesting that they immediately they picked up because Bridgerton has been widely talked about because of the use of intimacy coordinators for such a sexy show. Yes. Spicy show. Yes, very spicy indeed. Um, (laughs) Interestingly, Talbot got her start coordinating fight scenes and started looking into intimacy coordination in 2015 because she realized that while there were plenty of rules around choreographing fight scenes, there were no such rules that existed when it came to intimate scenes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Amanda Blumenthal, who worked on Euphoria and is the founder of Intimacy Professionals Association, has said, quote, People often confuse my role with HR. That's not my job. I'm not here to tell you what you can and can't say. And coordinator L. McAlpine of Brave New World says, quote, When we go on set, we're sometimes called the fun police. It's not about that. It's about educating people about this work. It's, it's really disturbing, when you see the level of people calling this just fun, and don't get me wrong, yeah. like if it's an, a mutually agreed upon sex scene um, where it's supposed to be, but thinking about how often you hear interviews that the first time they meet someone, they do a sex scene. I don't, I don't, maybe it's just we're, we're too traumatized by our own past that this is alarming. Oh, yeah. Fun police for whom? <laughs> right, exactly. And I also think that that quote about HR, is, I want to include that because, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit at the end, a lot of, you'd be surprised how many film sets don't have HR. Right. So there's no way you can go report it to. So it feels to me like when people are confusing an intimacy coordinator for HR, 
That says something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> also, you're trying to get out of getting HR, I see. Uh, the EP of Normal People, executive producer um, Ed Guiney, was originally concerned about hiring an intimacy coordinator, but later praised the experience, saying, quote, it takes a lot of the awkwardness out of shooting these scenes and really frees the actors up to properly be in the moment. And on top of this, there are programs that focus on people of color and LGBTQ plus folks when it comes to intimacy coordinators, though they seem to be currently quite small. Like, it's already pretty small. This is smaller. Um, but they're powerful and not to be dismissed nonetheless. And I saw this. I thought this was interesting. Um, Mia Schachter, who's co-founder of Century Co. Training Program, recalls working on the set of Insecure as an intimacy coordinator with a white woman who was the director and two black actors. And the director asked the man to run his hand through the woman's hair, but Schrachter intervened after discussing with a black colleague on the grounds that this was not how black people typically showed care and intimacy and love. So that's why mm -hmm. that's pretty important. That's really important, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is related to another field that we're not really talking about today, but you've probably heard of sensitivity readers, which is also growing. Um, and we have used sensitivity readers around here before. Uh, but basically, they go through and make sure you're not missing something or saying something in a way that is clear that you don't really understand the issue that you're talking about. Right. Um, big fan of sensitivity readers. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And honestly, the ICs are clearly needed uh, before intimacy coordinators. These things were largely handled by the director who may or may not have the expertise or even the humanity to direct them. Um, entertainment is an industry that has allowed people like Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby prey on women for years and James Franco for a long time with zero consequences uh, while making bank. Um, mm -hmm. As discussed in that episode with Bridget about Evan Rachel Wood, there are examples, filmed examples of someone, usually a woman, being taken advantage of or pushed past their comfort zone, assaulted and even raped. Um, perhaps especially younger women breaking into the industry. And, you know, we're not even talking about the old school industry with the literal casting couch, uh, with everybody knowing what that was and what that meant, especially for young women. Um, but then we've all not talked about the old directors who I'm like, we can't watch any of them anymore because they were all disgusting and pushed those boundaries and would do things in order to shock uh, women and or traumatize women to get a great scene, quote unquote. Yes, yes. And there are horror stories about uh, certain directors that you would go audition for them and they would be like, you know, you're going to take off your clothes and now you're going to do this and now you're going to do this. And that was just like understood. Uh, and that's for an audition that they would often film, and then you probably wouldn't get the role, but they have that tape forever. Uh, yeah, I have some, I'm going to talk some more about that later. <laughs> um. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? 
Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. So, Sean Bean is by far not the only person to complain about intimacy coordinators. Director Adrian Lin said, It implies a lack of trust, and that's all I have. If the actors don't trust me, I might as well go home. I've got to make myself vulnerable for them, for them to know I would spill my guts to do anything for them. Then, with any luck, I get the same back. He said of his film Fatal Attraction uh, that Glenn Close and Michael Douglas drank before more intimate scenes and then lamented, you can't do that now. Why is everything so serious? God, it's not like they're going to get paralyzed or something. Wow. Yeah. First of all, director of uh, Fatal Attraction. So that tells me enough because we all know what their views on women probably are in this movie in itself. But secondly, that's not a good sign that they have to be drunk to do their job. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think as, like, a boss, I think the excuse they took, I, f- I believe it was tequila shots. They drink tequila to do it right. and get comfortable. Like, I don't think you should be just proud to say that. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know if they realize how close to someone, you have to get someone drunk to make them sleep with you. Mm-hmm. And we all know what that is, and that's frowned upon at this point in time. It should be, and is, by us anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. And I also <laughs> think like that whole, it implies a lack of trust. I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, it might, especially for someone like you, but I think it means that you're showing you want to care for the people that work with you and that you understand this is a vulnerable thing they're doing. Right. And you're taking the steps to make it comfortable. Right. Also, again, 
it should be the other way around. You're supposed to be earning trust, not just right. automatically giving it because you're the boss or whatever, whatnot. Right. That is an absurd, uh, narcissistic type of idea. And that, again, says a lot to who he was and who we thought he should be seen as. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to pick apart in that quote, to be Tell honest, me. but <laughs> we'll move on. Um, as promised, we do have a lot of quotes from people who, after this, uh, the Sean Bean quote came out, raised their hand. A lot of actors spoke up in disagreement, and yeah, we want to include some of the quotes from them. So, from Rachel Zegler, who filmed a sex scene at the age of 18 for West Side Story, uh, she wrote, Spontaneity in intimate scenes can be unsafe. Wake up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Emma Thompson uh, said, in another conversation, you might find that people go, it made me comfortable, it made me feel safe, it made me feel as though I was able to do this work. No, you can't just let it flow. There's a camera there and a crew. It's not on your own in a hotel room. Uh, you're surrounded by a bunch of blokes carrying things. Um, and according to Thompson, in most cases, filming intimate scenes is not a scene, is a not comfortable situation Full stop. Which, again, I feel like that's the constant rhetoric we hear when it comes to people talking. Because that's the first question, especially if it's a sexy movie. Oh, how did you feel about this? How did you mm-hmm. oh, what, How did you get into these scenes? And immediately everybody's like, it's not sexy. No. It's work. It's awkward. It's cold. I don't like it. Yes. Yes. I, I hard agree. Like, there's nothing comfortable and spontaneous about a lot of filming. Like, most of filming... <laughs> As an actor, all of it is, like, uncomfortable and strange. I don't see why... I mean, especially, it should be, in my opinion, like, intimacy, like, intimate scenes. Um, Because, like, there are all these things. You have to hit your mark. Maybe there's a green screen. You have to be uncomfortably close to each other to appear natural. Like, the, the amount of distance to have, like, a natural amount of space between somebody, you're, like, right up in their face. It's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um you have to have your eye line in a certain place. All of this you're supposed to do as if there aren't eye lines and marks and all of these things that you're trying to keep in your head while you're also saying lines and trying to look natural. And I I think like a lot of practice and rehearsing, that doesn't necessarily remove the spontaneity. I think though what you're doing is you're you're marking it out in a way that feels safe and comfortable. You know what's going to happen. You can still have little spontaneous moments within that uh, as long as it's agreed upon as right. in like oh like a little giggle or I don't know. Like there are th- right. there are ways we rehearse everything. Why mm-hmm. is it like this one thing all oh, that removes the spontaneity? Right. It's what? <laughs> right. Like, people get mad when a line is improv at times and it ruins a scene, as in, like, it gets people cracking up and they talk about how much money is wasted because of that. And mm-hmm. so oftentimes you will have directors who are absolutely livid. I know there's, there's directors who love it, if you can go with it, but there's, you know, like, the level of what is being said and who's wasting money and what's doing what, why is this, which can harm mm-hmm. a person, not as uh, respectful. Why wouldn't you think of it as... It does have to be choreographed because you want to get the right camera angles. Like, you, I, mean, I don't get it. Like, and it is a job. It is a job. And just like all jobs, we should be protecting the workers. And many people have pointed out Emma Thompson is Sean Bean's age, and she is recounting a very different experience than right. he is. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, love for it too. We do. <laughs> uh, Lena Hall, who filmed a sex scene in Snowpiercer with Bean, said that while he made her feel comfortable and was a good scene partner, quote, if there's any part of me that is feeling weird, gross, overexposed, etc., I'll either challenge the necessity of a scene or I'll want an IC. I do feel that intimacy coordinators are a welcome addition to the set and think they could also help with the trauma uh, experience in other scenes. Sometimes you need them. Sometimes you don't. But every single person in scene and experience is different, which I think is huge. So the scene in question was cut um, and is kind of at the heart of this. Uh, Being said of Hall, I suppose it depends on the actress. This one had a musical cabaret background, so she was up for anything. Wow. How condescending. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, yeah, dismissive. (laughs) Hall responded, just because I'm in theater, not cabaret, but I do perform them every once in a while does not mean that I am up for anything. I don't even understand what that means. Was it like she got her big break in the movies, so she was up for anything? Honestly, I could be wrong, but I feel like it was from slut shaming. Um, Okay. Like, is there, like, is there (laughs) an an idea that theater people are, are slutty? I... Or cabaret people are slutty? I think cabaret. I... I, I don't know for sure, but that's just the vibe I got from right. that statement. Right. He was so like, he, he said it took out the spontaneity. His partners are like, no, 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 no. I really wish we had them. I don't <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing. So it's very gendered, but also toxic masculinity is a part of this. When we have a conversation about the fact that people who are so upset, again, are most likely going to be domineering male uh types who <laughs> must really think they look good having sex because in reality sex looks goofy as hell <laughs> i agree honestly like sometimes i get that it turned some people on but for me i'm usually like oh no <laughs> not this angle we, please <laughs> oh, oh, it's a mess <laughs> it is it is um, Jamila Jamil tweeted, It should only be technical. It's like a stunt. Our job as actors is to make it not look technical. Nobody wants an impromptu group. And I love that mm-hmm. quote because I think that's, I, I don't know if I said it as succinctly as she did, but like, it's a, yeah, you should coordinate it. And then the actor, if they're a good actor, can make it look right. like it's not coordinated, it's not technical. Right. That's the job of the actor. But you still want right. to have that in, in place. Right. How are you going to do your job well if out of, like you're half concerned about what they're going to do and where they're right. going to touch without permission? Mm-hmm. You're going to be so in your head about it. And I see yes. that you're probably already going to be in your head about it. Right. <laughs> Amanda Seyfried said she wished she'd had an intimacy coordinator uh, on set as a younger actor. And quote, being 19, walking around without my underwear on, like, are you kidding me? How did I let that happen? Oh, I know why. I was 19 and I didn't want to upset anybody and I wanted to keep my job. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then not a, a person or a woman, but the Broadcasting, Entertainment, Communications, and Theater Union issued this statement. Disappointing to hear these comments from such a screen favorite and established actor without acknowledging his position of privilege and the vulnerabilities and challenges many in the industry, particularly young and less experienced actors, may face as they engage in shooting intimate scenes. Um, and this is like, as we record this ongoing, people are coming out of the woodwork to say, actually, yes, I really would have wished we had had an intimacy coordinator. So I saw uh, just this morning, I think, some of the cast of Boy Meets World 
said that they had wished they had had intimacy coordinators on set. For Boy Meets World? I think so. You know, I do do think about stuff like that with young kids having their Mm -hmm. first kiss on screen and how awkward that was. I will say I just watched uh, recently the Wes Anderson and it's an older movie with kids half naked touching on each other and there were young kids and I'm sitting here really horrified. Like everything about this and I'm like, I really hope they had supervision because Mm -hmm. this in itself is uncomfortable, awkward, and I hope those kids are okay. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) this is going to sound strange, but that's actually a great point in terms of the audience. Like, you Mm would have enjoyed it better if you had known. I think I would. I should have, like, I I was so, I wanted to fast forward it so fast. I mean, not to say, like, some things just make you uncomfortable. But I think a lot of times for me, I would enjoy something better if I knew, okay, they took these safety precautions that people on set were taking care of. Like, for me as a viewer. Right. Well, I mean, and it should be where it's a professional, like, person who's a liaison in between those people because you don't always have this good relationship. And I I feel like Lena Hall was being nice Mm-hmm. especially after reading Sean Bean's comment, wondering, did he really, was he really a good partner? Or was she just saying that so not to piss off a, a legendary film actor or whatever, whatnot? Um, because, you know, we know in Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark talked about how she would not have been able to get through those scenes had she not had such a great actor who protected her, literally being like, are you okay with this? Can we, like, had to do some coordinating on their own mm-hmm. in order for protection, but it was him Mm-hmm. going, you know, making the initiative. And I don't know if they were intimacy coordinators, but it didn't sound like it, not from what Clark was saying, that mm-hmm. it was all pretty much uh, him protecting her mm-hmm. from this. And he's like, if you're not comfortable, tell me, I'll fight them. Like right. that that level. And she talked about that, the fact that it took her after season one of being a big enough name to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, as we've mentioned throughout, that is a big part of the problem is... There's just this pervasive messaging to especially young women entering, trying to enter the business. Like, there are thousands like you that want to be here. If you can't suck it up and do what we tell you to do, we can get rid of you and replace you. Replace Easy. you. And they, they will do this easily, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also just like the blase attitude that some of these men have shown and we're saying, it's not a big deal. It's hilarious. It's funny. Or, you know, it feels nice. Who doesn't want to make out with these young girls? Right. Yeah, I'm sure that's some people's attitudes. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is there's a lot of trauma. There was a scene, and I think about this all the time. It pisses me off and also puts me at, like, yeah, Chris Pratt's the worst Chris. Sorry, that's just a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but in one of the outtakes he thought was hysterical um, and shared was the fact that he got completely naked, took off his, like, the scene was that he was supposed to be naked, but of course he had the underwear yeah, or whatever the modesty, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he took it off, flashing Amy Poehler and Rashida Jones, and he came back when he was telling the story about how they were really upset about it, and, like, he tried <laughs> to play it off as a joke, and they even put it as a B-clip uh, blooper, and he was like, they were actually upset, but thought it was hilarious to tell it, and I'm like, that is sexual assault. I'm sorry, that is sexual assault and harassment. And honestly, as a traumatized victim, that would have had me on the floor. Right, right. I think that... Oh gosh, that is such a bigger conversation. But yeah, I do think because women just statistically experience sexual assault and, and related things at such higher rates, 
that we have to think about that um, mm -hmm. everywhere. But like, I feel like in art scenes and artistic endeavors, it's sort of thrown out the window, like, oh, but this will be good art. And it shouldn't right. be thrown out the window. And I think men just don't think about it because it's not something they have to worry about every minute of all day. And right. yes, men can be assaulted too, but I just, it's statistically... Right. So for him to do that, like, it probably never occurred to him. Right. Like, and maybe they have a horrible experience that this is going right. to set off. And being a part of the industry, they probably really have. Probably. But the thing about the matter is, like, it's so flippant that this even bypassed people on the set watching him do it, not mm -hmm. thinking anything about it and just letting it go and saying this is a huge joke. Him being told, don't tell people this because this is going to get you in trouble. But he told it on national TV because he just thought it was hilarious. Has he ever apologized to it? No. And no one's really kept him, held him accountable because everybody treated it as a joke. And you know what? I get that. I get that to a certain degree of like, he really thought this would be hilarious, which, stop. Just mm -hmm. if anybody wants to know, that's not funny to me. So don't do that to me. Thanks. <laughs> But all of that matter in this conversation is like, this is the level of what uh, they think is acceptable. They just part of the job and that this right. is okay. And realizing, no, this is why it needs a breakdown. And mm -hmm. I'm sorry that the quote unquote fun police have come through. But for a lot of us, this is not fun. Exactly. And just because this is artistic, it's still a job. If you did that at any other job, I would hope you would be fired. Unfortunately, we have instances where that's not been the case. But generally, you should be fired. And if you have coordinated something out like that and everyone's prepared, that's different than you just do it as a, a joke. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. is like the conversation is it's not about stopping it. Stopping sex scenes, stopping the spicy scenes. Don't get me wrong. They're like, oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. um, but... At the same, it doesn't also mean that there's doesn't need to be regulation. There's a reason there's a rating system to begin with, with for the viewers. There should be a system to set up to protect the actors. Yes. And I also think that we should come back and talk about this. I know we've talked about it a little bit more, but, you know, depending on who's writing it and who's directing it, I th as some of these actors have said, you know, there are certain scenes I don't want to do. And a lot of it's coming from a male gaze of treating a woman as an object in a scene so it's okay to traumatize her or depict a sexual assault. Maybe it's not necessary. And maybe intimacy coordinators can be the person who's like, well, why are we, what are, what are we trying to communicate here? Um, because if it can be cut, the actor's not comfortable. Like, that's also a part of this. And then I did want to run through some really quick personal experiences I've had because I have... Uh, worked in some acting before. Um, and I think, like, we've mentioned a lot of this throughout, and I bet a lot of professions can connect to this, but I've certainly been pressured into uncomfortable situations. Um, there generally has not been HR, or if there have been, I have not been told where they are. Um, <laughs> I don't know who to contact. I don't think ever have I been on a set. And then a lot of times if you do an intimate scene, it's supposed to be only necessary personnel are in there and they're not supposed to bring their cell phones. And I have been at least one time where I saw cell phones and I didn't know what to like. It's like, I thought we said there was no cell phones. I couldn't have my cell phone. Um, and then, yeah, the whole idea like, oh, if you don't do it, thousands behind you. 
And another thing people brought up a lot that I thought was a great point um, is that scripts can be really vague. They are. So, like, one example a lot of people gave is make passionate love. <laughs> like, don't you want to choreograph that? What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> We're just going to roll around and push each other and uh, yay. Right. Like, and people can have different ideas of what that means, for one thing. Right. And you don't want it to, like, get a black eye or whatever. Whatever you're accidentally throwing elbows. and um, th- So that's another area where I just... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had a moment of like, make passionate love. Elbow in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're rolling about. An elbow. Prowl. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, but yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a great point. How are you supposed to interpret that as an actor? And then if you're lucky... If you work on a big enough production, you get to work with said actor before that and talk about it, discuss it. But that's not always true either. Sometimes you just walk in and they're like, go. I've heard of like things like, this is planned for next Thursday. Oh, no, we're doing it today because this is the best time or something's gone wrong with the other things. Yes. Yes, that has happened to me. Not with an intimate scene, but with a, a... emotionally intense scene where they're like, actually, we're doing that today. I say, oh, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, I have five minutes to really get in the state. Um, so, yeah, that's something that happens. Um, and then, as I mentioned, auditions themselves, which are essentially job interviews, can get really gross. And they'll just give you no warning, tell you to come in and be like, actually, we need to see what you would look like in a bikini. So can you take off your clothes? Um, and there's no, like, there's no warning you come in. And again, you're kind of like, um, no. <laughs> How much? You, you have that moment of like, does that mean I won't get the job if I don't do it, but I don't want to do it? So that's all gross. And I've heard horror stories, as I said, about big directors doing way worse than that. Um, which re- is related to the idea of the male genius, which we've talked before, who gets away with everything in the name of art even if it means hurting women, sometimes especially if it means hurting women. Right. Um, so I think that is at play throughout all of this. And yeah, um, you can get really wrapped up in the moment and not know how to speak up and say you're uncomfortable, especially if you don't have an advocate, um, especially if spontaneity is involved and all of a sudden someone's kissing you or whatever and you don't know, like you don't want to break the scene, you don't know what's happening, like... It's not good. Mm -hmm. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. 
Trust me, we understand. Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. We've just heard so many over and over again stories of young actresses being taken advantage of by older men. Mm-hmm. And these scenes can be just a rife space for that and yeah i mean enthusiastic consent is sexy (laughs) this idea that a lot of it a lot of it embodies that men who don't like it it seems to be like wait what i can't do anything i want (laughs) the passion is lost romance is dead (laughs) well i mean and also like i just remember the nicole kidman uh movie dogville had no idea what the premise of the movie was it was getting a lot of accolades um and there was a woman, there was a moment when in the movie, there are rape scenes, but it's pretty much like laid out like it's a play. So it's just cut, just uh, taped off. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to know what this is, but it was absolutely a movie, a play within a movie. And uh, Stellan Skarsgård has a really intense rape scene with Nicole Kidman. He talks about it. And he couldn't even speak it in English. Like, he was so distraught from the scene. He was so disturbed by it. Like, as they were interviewing him about the scene, because mm-hmm. I had to go, I had to, like, detox from it, and I needed to know they were okay. <laughs> like, that's what I, how far I had to go mm-hmm. for it. Um, of course, it's uh, Lars von Trier, who is one of those that really pushes, quote-unquote, the envelope or whatever. Um, and... He was disturbed by it. He was so perturbed by it that he literally could not explain what he was, what had happened in English. Was I thought I was like this is before I knew who he was as the big actor that he was, and I was like, oh my god, what's happening? He has a really good English mm-hmm. uh, racer accent in the movie, but then he's just like breaking down, crying. Like this is about the fact that he, in those scenes, I hope as a human that these uh, male actors who have to portray this feel just as bad and disgusting and gross about this. Right. 
I mean, yeah, we've been talking a lot about women, but anybody involved is... Right. Those are emotionally intense and traumatic scenes. <laughs> right. And uh, mm-hmm. of course, we are going like a different route with that conversation. Of, like, like, oh, it's just not fun and it takes out the spontaneity. Again, though, we know most of the times a lot of these movies take unnecessary leaps into making it traumatic and vi- a violation for women for the characters, which mm-hmm. sometimes is like, this is not necessary. I don't understand what this is. And like the fact that, yeah, it's traumatizing to everyone around, I, I would hope. Um, there should be a conversation and a breakdown of the scene so you know what's happening without truly violating either one of the actors in these moments. Enthusiastic consent. Of course, you're not really in the movie, you know, that's not supposed to be a play, but you mm-hmm. should be able to do so behind the scenes to do it correctly mm-hmm. and safely for both actors. Mm-hmm. All Everyone involved. It's like... Yeah, I would even hope like they have like a speech they give to the crew. Like, right. Um, and, and there are some instances of underqualified ICs that have gotten through and have provided bad experiences. Um, and that is something that those in the, in the small industry are working to change. But overall, it seems that they make everything, they make things better for everybody and they make the set more safe, and they make, you know, the entertainment better. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. If you're interested, there are resources available online, which I definitely checked out. I was just kind of curious. I was like, oh, what am I going to have to do if I wanted to do this? (laughs) They do say it takes, like, years. Like, they aren't young intimacy coordinators, really. Like, you really have to put in the time and work. But, yes, you Hmm. should go check that out if you're at all interested. And yeah, my TLDR for this one is intimacy scenes. Intimate scenes are stunts. They're vulnerable stunts. And this whole thing, it's a job. So (laughs) intimacy coordinators are important for ensuring everyone's safety, comfort, and the best performances out of everyone. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So uh, if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stephonnevertoldyou. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is production from iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest, named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC.
The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.